The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Stirring music makes me want to invade some African country and take all of their natural resources. Anyway, I'm sure we will hear it at the upcoming coronation of one King Charles in the uh, next little while. We know that Michael D. Higgins, our own president, will be in attendance. Simon Tierney, our own Simon Tierney here in News Talk, should he go? Look, this isn't about sticking up two fingers to the Brits, right? But I don't think he should be going. In 1953, the last time there was a coronation of a British king or queen, we had the opportunity to send President Sean T. O'Kelly, but we didn't send him. Instead, we sent the ambassador uh, in London uh, and he went along, but he promised that he wouldn't enjoy the day out. Uh, that was Freddie Boland, um, great Irish diplomat that he was. Um, look, we are That's a sending... little like I didn't inhale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go, but I won't have fun. Look, Kieran, right, uh, Michael D is the head of a democracy, okay, mm. but we're sending him to... London to celebrate what I would consider an example of an exceptionally undemocratic institution. Okay, so my feeling is that why would we want to celebrate something like that? I think the best way to kind of delegitimize the whole notion, uh, the broader notion of monarchy is just simply to stop engaging with these groups of people. Um, And uh, that would render them redundant. You know, we're going over there to celebrate a system which is based on blood lineage. It's it's a farce. Um, What say you, though, to the argument that some might make that, you know, um, if we have this vision of a united Ireland, a new island, a new Ireland in the future, we're going to have to accommodate a million loyalists for whom Charles is very much their king. And that part and parcel of that is that, you know, you go along with things like this. Sure, yeah. No, I do understand that. And that's why I think that an appropriate response would be to send the ambassador, okay? As long as they promise not to enjoy themselves. Not to enjoy it. But, you know, the the Good Friday Agreement is based on the principles of democracies engaging with each other and agreeing to live peacefully beside each other. Um, we don't, there's no obligation in that agreement for us to to celebrate something which we left a long time ago. I mean, there's plenty of Commonwealth countries, that, countries that are still in the Commonwealth, that are not sending uh, their Prime Minister or President. Justin Trudeau hasn't committed to going to the coronation. He's sending uh, the Governor-General of Canada. Um, so why are uh, Modi, uh, another ex-member of the Commonwealth and the British Empire, like ourselves, Modi in India, he's not going to the coronation. Um, India a country which was inspired by our own uprising here in 1916 to leave the Commonwealth in 1947. So I don't understand why we're jumping in so quickly. Do you not think, and we're trying to put ourselves in the the shoes of maybe people from the UK, you don't see any argument or or any uh, merit in the argument that as a cultural institution there's a value in maintaining the monarchy. There's absolutely no cultural value in it. It's 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 based on a, an empire of inequality. This is a guy, some old white dude, who is being made king next month because his mother used to do the job. This is 2023. It's an outrage that we're celebrating this. And please, I really, I don't want this to be framed in some kind of Irish versus British thing. That's really not what I'm getting at here at all. No, it isn't. Because 
I'm I'm saying this in reference to world monarchy. Okay, I would say the same thing about the the Danish monarchy or the the monarchy in Thailand as well, which is much more powerful than the one in in Britain. And I respect obviously that Britain has its own democratic institutions and that Charles is is fairly powerless. But the point is that he's still in a position of exceptional privilege based on his blood right. 087 1400 106. Do you agree with Simon? Is it wrong for Michael D. Higgins to attend the coronation? Should we instead signal our Republican ideals by sending the ambassador, as long as they promise not to enjoy themselves? Austin and Fromoy says, of course, President Higgins should attend the coronation. No one would have an issue if he went to a Dutch, Belgian, Swedish or Spanish coronation. Well, I think in fairness, Austin got in touch before Simon made the point he would have an issue with exactly that. Anyway, Austin goes on to say, if people have an issue with him attending this one for another reason, they should get out from behind the smokescreen and say it. 087 1400 106. Simon, thank you very much. Keep your views coming. And what do you think? Do you agree with Simon? Barry Ward is Fine Gael Senator and he's with me now. Barry, should Michael D. Higgins turn down the invite? No. Um, I don't have any particular grow for monarchy in general and certainly not the British monarchy, but the um, king of Great Britain is the head of state of our nearest neighbour and the notion that we would snub him in some way, to my mind, is a, a really bad idea. Um, like what Simon is saying is is as I say, I don't understand monarchy. I don't understand uh, the benefits of it. It is the system that they have, though, and it's not for us to be deciding that they should have a different head of state or system for bringing about their head of state. And I would say that Michael D. Higgins, if invited, should go to the inauguration of any European president, any head of state of, of one of our neighbours within the European Union or our nearest neighbour, even though they're not in the European Union. Um, it would, To my mind, it would be paternalistic, first of all, for us to be saying you should be changing your system and therefore we're going to stick our foot in and and decide what you should have. But equally, it would be a diplomatic snub, which is totally unwarranted at a very delicate time. Uh, Simon suggested that we would do what happened in 1953. Was that when uh, Queen Elizabeth was uh, had her coronation? Anyway, the early 1950s, um, when the then president didn't go and said we sent the ambassador uh, who assured everybody that he went, but he didn't enjoy himself. (laughs) <laughs> and he didn't inhale either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah um, look at again. Why would you? Why would you bring about a snub like that at a time when relations are relatively strained? Certainly by comparison to recent years. Um, you know, we've an awful lot of work to do on the diplomatic stage with Britain in the context of the the Windsor. I've just come from a meeting with German politicians when I've been talking about the Good Friday Agreement and the Windsor Framework. And one of the things we keep saying is how delicate things are, how important it is to work hard at this. This is, even if there is a time, it certainly is not now to be rendering some kind of diplomatic snub. Would it be? Would they even notice if we sent the ambassador? I mean, some leaders from within the Commonwealth are not even going. Justin Trudeau Mm. hasn't said whether he's going to turn up. He's sending... Is it the governor general that they have? Yeah. And, you know, I just think if there was a decision, a public decision by Michael D. Higgins not to attend, it would be noticed. We are their nearest neighbour. I I feel that it's an absolutely unnecessary diplomatic faux pas. Um, And actually, in recent years, we've seen Ireland soar to diplomatic heights in in terms of yielding its its soft power around the world, be it on the UN Security Council, the work that was done by successive ministers, including Simon Coveney, in the context of Brexit and managing our relationship with our other European colleagues and managing our relationship with the UK. 
it's hugely important and it's one thing that Ireland does really, really well. So why would we um, have an unforced error like that kind of a snub? I don't think it would achieve anything either. I don't think Simon's right in saying that if President Higgins doesn't go to, to the coronation of King Charles, suddenly the, the Windsors will pack up their bags and, and move into smaller accommodation or whatever it might be. I don't think it's a realistic expectation and I don't think it's it's fair for us to be making that decision on behalf of the British people. That's their head of state and it's their right to have a head of state in that way. How would you describe relations between our two countries at the moment? I mean, very, very frosty relatively recently? I don't think so, but I think when you compare um, post-Good Friday Agreement just how positive and mature relationships were, I think they have certainly, they have fallen slightly from that Mm -hmm. high. But I think, in fairness, you have every minister in government working hard to ensure that he or she has a good relationship with the counterpart on the other side. We understand the importance of the relationship with Britain. But I also think you need to look through, look at it through the the eyeglasses of a mature world um, member of the international community of countries. And I don't think we would ever be saying to the Netherlands that, you know, Wilhelm Alexander, the king there, should, you know, they shouldn't have a king or they should have a president instead. It's not for us to say that. And I think in in the context of a, of a country that's confident in its own uh, system, and I think we have a very good political system that is very, that is democratic, that is something that people understand and that works very well for us. It's not really for us to turn around to another country and say, well, we don't like your system, so we're now going to snub your head of state, create a a difficulty that wasn't there before Mm. and somehow tell you the way you should run your own affairs when there isn't really a problem. I mean, it's different if you have a human rights abuse or a breach of the rule of law or somebody who's thrown the baby out of the bathwater in terms of their own citizens and think it's legitimate for Ireland to complain about behaviours in countries like China and Iran and certainly Belarus and, and Russia and places like that. But this is another democratic nation. Yeah. Well, Charles is only in the job like a short while. You know, who knows how he, he acts uh, ultimately. Have, yeah, he'll have a tough act to follow. His mother was an exceptional diplomat and we saw that when she was here and maybe he will, but it's they're big shoes to fill. Uh, m- might, might it also be something of an affront to the one million or so loyalists north of the border exactly, who yeah. we might ultimately have to accommodate in the United Ireland or a new Ireland? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I think what message does it send to people who um, some of us are saying there is a welcome here for you. Uh, Many of us, I hope, are saying that just because you have a different idea of nationality on this island, just because you have a different concept of, of where you're coming from and what your background is, there is a place for all of those people. And it's one of the difficulties with um you know, with the concept of a new Ireland is that some of those people don't feel there's a place here. If we were to turn around and say that their head of state is not somebody we're willing to recognise, to accommodate, mm. to to, uh, to to attend his, his coronation or inauguration or whatever it might be, it's just such an unnecessary kick in the teeth for those people. And why would you do it? Because what the, we want to be sending out the opposite message to people, that we are a pluralist society, uh, we, we accept people in here, we accept different notions and different ideas as long as they're within uh, you know, that within a, a rule of law and, and, a, and a context of human rights and, and international law that, that we apply in this country. Why would we do that? It's much more diplomatic, much more sensible, much more reasonable and, and much more sensible to say, well, look, you know, you do yours, we'll do ours, but we will respect the way you do yours and we will we will attend it the same way we would the, the inauguration of the president of Germany or the president of Italy. Uh, his daughter-in-law, Megan, isn't even going, why should Michael Deese as one listener? Well, I think that relationship is even more complicated. Not sure she can afford the uh, airfare. Uh, um, <laughs> that, than the relationship between our two islands. Should we consider, in the vein of everything you've just said, should we consider rejoining the Commonwealth in a united Ireland? Again, I, do, I don't see why we would. Um, the Commonwealth is a different thing. I know As a way of taking seriously the concerns and the 
cultural values of those one million loyalists I mentioned? I am not in favour of that, but it, I am not either saying that it should be off the table. One of the things I think those of us who are in favour of a united Ireland need to understand is that it cannot be a takeover. It's not an expansion of the Republic of Ireland. What it is, is a coming together of two parts of one island. And if that is going to happen, and as I say, I hope it does, but it must happen in two ways. First of all, it must happen, obviously, in the context of consent that's been laid out in the Good Friday Agreement. And it must be something that is done with the buy-in of both sides. But also, it's got to be something where we understand that there's got to be give and take. And Irish people need to understand that if there's going to be United Ireland, we are going to have to give certain things, whether they are symbols of nationalisms or public holidays or, or whatever it might be, flags or anthems or whatever it's not something that we can be done without giving something as well. And if it's joining the Commonwealth, if that was the stumbling block for United Ireland, then fine. I'm not in favour of myself, but it's definitely something that should be on the table. And Michael D should absolutely attend the coronation, says another listener. In general, engagement should be increased with people different from ourselves. Otherwise, division deepens and it often leads to resentment based on otherness. This resentment can remain or even increase to hostility, even after the initial reason for disengagement becomes irrelevant or forgotten. It happens at all levels. Personal, family, sports teams, supporters, states, religions and other groups you name it 087-1400-106 is the number Barry Ward Fine Gael Senator Barry thanks a million thanks for joining us here in studio 